Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... John McCarney. Oh, no. It's just a... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I don't know, like... Did you keep me on a... The number is fast in the... Like, you're totally selling it to me, by the way. I'm going to write, I'm going to write a book now, then. <laughs> just pure cod knowledge, but, yeah. Well, you're looking like a picture of health. Oh, thanks, me, so thanks. Must be <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that, actually. I'm a wee bit like that, I say, but... Mm-hmm. I'm right. sat a plate of biscuits in the field. <laughs> Did you not notice I pushed them slightly away because I was like, I'm just going to... basically all I can pay you with is biscuits. No, that's all right. I'm just going to not notice and I'll be eating one before I even realise. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in. I've already had two today, so... That's all right. That's all right. Um, so we briefly met earlier this year. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of touched on the... UCI World Cycling Championships, yeah. I think that's the words in the correct order, um, and I was just totally taken by your voice. Oh, thank you. And I, like, I was so impressed, and uh, and obviously I was aware of some of your work, but then you start to, I mean, the internet's a great thing. You just, like, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that, I know. I thought, yeah, it's all out there. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's why you're here. Thank you so much for coming no, on. No pleasure, thank you for having me. Not at all. Um, yeah, and then be listening to your music on Spotify. So listen all to right, me. thanks. Yeah, yeah, love it. Thank you. Love yeah, it. it's quite old now. It's weird. I keep forgetting it's still there. Is that right? Yeah, it's strange because I recorded that. Uh, Thirty-two winters. Yeah, I think it was seven twenty seventeen. I recorded it. Okay. Um, and it was really it's weird because I I put quite a lot I put a lot of work into it and then I released it and it done really really well. But then I got an acting job directly after it had been released and it kind of because initially i was i'd kind of made a point i was i was like i'm going to record this i'm going to release it and i'm going to gig it and i'm going to really push the music okay side of things for like a year just give it a go you know yeah and it done really well and then i got to the point where i was about to take the plunge to really promote the, mm-hmm. the, the the music itself and do a load of gigs and I got an acting job that I kinda couldn't turn down. And then it just not really revisited it since, which is which is really yeah, really sort of annoying because I'll do the odd gig of my own stuff and go, Oh I love this. I absolutely love it. But I think it's one of those things, especially as you get older as well, like um you have to really put so much sort of like work into it and and dedicate a lot of time to it um which is hard when because my main career is as 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 an actor and i've made that decision you know okay um so i think when so i released that that was a direct decision yeah yeah i but think the music first um i don't know actually i think i always i played guitar since i was like 16 um and sang in bands and stuff so i i, I kind of yeah the music was first because mm-hmm. i actually went to uni to do music right uh, and initially and then it was during university that i kind of started doing amateur theater right. and things like that okay. um, and then i kind of got more into that the bunk yeah thing. yeah um and i'd kind of stopped really doing my own stuff because when i was about 18 19 me and a couple of mates we set up a wedding band actually huh? yeah and the money was great and we were like 18, 19, you know, okay. so we were like, well, this is easy, we'll just do this. Yep. So they kind of, writing music kind of took a wee bit of a back okay. seat for me and I was getting more out of doing amateur theatre and things like that and 
Uh, so when I finished my degree, uh, I actually moved abroad for a year. And then when I came back, I was like, right, I want to give this acting lark a go. So I did. And then, yeah, and the music's always just kind of been on the periphery, I suppose, over the years. But there was a point where I, I was like, Maybe I really want to do this. I, yeah, and I'd kinda, I was writing stuff that I was really proud of and I really liked. Yeah, the EP is beautiful. Um, oh, thanks. I've listened yeah. to it several times. Oh, well. cheers. Just kept playing it. You and, you and someone in Poland. I keep getting <laughs> emails from like Spotify saying it's been like loads of people in Poland like it and stuff. And randomly, actually, someone sent me a... Because like, I'd, I'd set up a sound... I'd set up quite a lot of stuff at that uh-huh. time. Yeah, yeah. And then I've just no, <laughs> no followed that up because... Again, it's just it's just one of those things. It's just like that was over time and, and stuff. But someone sent me my SoundCloud and like one of my singles that I'd released after the EP. I released one single after the EP and um, a, a song called Ghosts and it, it's got like something like five hundred thousand streams on SoundCloud and like loads and loads of people like commenting and and reposting that. I was like. I, I, I didn't even so know that happened. that had happened, so that was quite nice. I was so like, that's interesting. It's funny how yeah. you put your stuff out in the world, and then it just has this other, other life. That yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, what about, do you yeah. Mean? And, the, the, you know, people will be connecting with that music that you have no idea where yeah. they are in the world. It is nice, because, yeah, I sometimes get, like, the odd... I got an email from someone recently asking if they could play it on the radio and stuff, and I was like, yeah, do, do what you want. Um, <laughs> so it is quite nice, but it's something that... Like, I, I love writing music, but I just have to dedicate a lot of time to it or else I just don't do it. And I've been dedicating a lot of time to my acting career over the past sort of like five years. So it's just kind of fell by the wayside a wee bit. But I have been writing a lot recently and like cool. um, written music for a show as well that we're kind of, me and a, a writing friend of mine, are, we've been kind of writing it over the last few years. And Thanks, earlier this year, we got a wee bit of sort of renewed interest in it. So he was like, can you... Uh, can you actually finish this and like write some more? And I was like, uh, yeah. And then I'm trying to like re- record the songs that I've written already. And I was like, I can't remember how these go. I've not written it down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we are kind of like, I've been writing quite a lot recently, just re revisiting that. Mm. So I had, I'd, I've started doing a few gigs, like just acoustic sets, like just, you know, like pub sets and things recently, just, just to kind of get back to playing again and stuff like that because I do enjoy it I just I just bought a new guitar at the weekend uh, so uh, I got this I got a new Martin acoustic because oh, nice. uh, the guitar that I use I've had for like 17 years I bought it mm-hmm. when I lived in Australia and it's been around the world with me and like I, I, I didn't realise how long I'd had it until <laughs> the job I just finished like it got um, it got knocked over a couple of times not by me um, <laughs> and it's just it's just giving up the ghost, unfortunately, and I was absolutely devastated because it's my, you know, it was my pride and joy. But when I kind of like took a step back, I was like, it's 17 years old, you know what I mean? And yeah. it has, it's done, it's done, it's done the job, you know. So yeah. I kind of finally bit the bullet and bought yeah, a new one. Yeah, no, no, it's it's it it's still playable and stuff. It's just it's just, it's just not uh, it's not what it. It, not what it was you know what I mean especially for the stuff that I do like okay. if you're it's all right to maybe sort of play in the house or something aye, like that you know aye. or, or um, but it's just not the sound is mm. the sound is gone unfortunately so yeah so I just bought a new guitar so I'm like I need to start uh, gigging I need to start like <laughs> writing that. again so but it's, it's nice because <laughs> yeah it's because it's I've found a, a, a sort of joy in it again that I've not because I, I think this year I was playing guitar in the, the last uh, show I'd done and I think that was the first time I played guitar all year cool. 
God. So I hadn't played it for about six months. It's crazy. Yeah, so totally. it's nice to kind of like find that again and, yeah. and start to just and like doing a couple of like see just doing like a couple of pub gigs and stuff like that just to play and sing again and it's yeah. just I'm having a laugh doing it. So that's good. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking of maybe looking at doing potentially doing a couple of my own gigs again just to test the water and see. But yeah, Aye, make it happen. Yeah. I still gave up music for ten years. Yeah. She's doing it. She's re- she recorded an album in lockdown. Yeah. And that's her starting to gig again. And yeah. She was supporting Horse. Brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, it's just found it again, kind of thing. You know? I know. I know. I think. The I... building this year is with uh, Gareth Williams, who was on the. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, he's he, amazing. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. He was saying, like, he went and did teaching and, mm-hmm. you know, so he wasn't gigging for a while. And then when he was at uni, he didn't. He, he gigged for years and then gave that up and then it's kind of found his way back to it. I'm like, yeah, it's, if it's in you, it's in you. Just, it's true, yeah, like, it's no true. I know. I, I, I'm assuming you were talking about the show No Love Songs. Yeah. So that's yeah. marrying two worlds together. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. In the music. Yeah. So how did that all come around, that project? Um, so me and uh, Don Severite, um, we were we were actually living together during lockdown. Okay. Um, which was the most random thing. It's like I, I was I was up in Glasgow for some I can't remember what I was up for, um, and my partner was doing a show at the RSC in Stratford. Mm-hmm. So we had given up our flat in London because she was going to be in Stratford until like the new year of 2020, and I I was going back down to London to do a show. Uh, I was doing Local Hero at the Old Vic mm-hmm. in April 2020. So I'd moved back to Glasgow. I can't remember what, what the project was. And Don was in London doing a show. So she was like, you can take my flat. Uh-huh. Um, and then when Christina, my partner, was finishing, it was the same time as Dom's finishing. So that was the same time that I was moving back to London. So I was like, right. there was an empty flat. And I was like, oh, great. Um, so I was in there. And then I was, yeah, I was going to the local here at Little Vic. And I was also then about to just go straight into doing... Um, a TV thing over in Canada, like right after that. So I was going into 2020, like this is this is this is this is this is this is, this is, this is the year, and then everything okay. shut down. So Don Don was in Iceland. She had a break from our uh, her show, uh, the national she was doing. She was in Iceland for a holiday, and she came back, and then that's when everything sort of stopped. And then Christina, my partner, she was in London, which we'd actually. We were just about to move into a flat in London. A, a, it, luckily, it was a friend who was going on tour for the year, so we were going to take their flat on for a year. And um, so she was like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's like, why don't you come up to Glasgow for two weeks and we'll test the water? And then that lasted a year because of COVID. But uh, when we were, we were the three of us were in lockdown together and Don had come up with this idea, this project called Three Meter Mixtape, which is, um, it was basically just kind of getting some like amazing artists and in Scotland together uh, during that time and everything and basically performing a duet done with somebody mm-hmm. um, all at like three metre distance and stuff and God. we kind of and add <laughs> the true story is which I don't know if I should say but I got really drunk one night on a, a Zoom beer tasting thing because that's what we were yes. doing in lockdown why not and I bought a new camera because I'd been thinking about it and I just I woke up the next day and I was like oh my god what have I done 
what have I done? Reckless. Yeah. <laughs> and then Don was like, I've got this idea for a project. Would you be up for filming it? And I was like, well, well um, yeah. <laughs> funny to say that. And then we, we filmed one with um, Brian O'Sullivan and Darren Brown. It was in uh, NTS. And it kind of Don was like, oh, just like just film it like this. And I was like, well, let me just try some stuff and end up kind of making this really cool little short. And then we, we made like a wee interview thing before it. And because uh, I'd done a lot of editing before and stuff like that so I kind of knew what I was doing there but kind of just literally just making it up as I went along like shooting it I, obviously I've been on like sets and stuff yeah, so and yeah. I, like I'm a massive sort of like cinephile so I kind of an idea of framing and, and, and things like that but I was kind of like just trying stuff mm-hmm. out and and then we made this little this little video and it was like that's actually pretty cool so we'd sent it to a few places um and Dundee rep got back to us and they were like look we're we're up for commissioning this full project so we ended up cut along so short we ended up making like 12 short films over the course of nine months with really? dundee during that time uh kyle faulkner from the view he had approached dundee as well uh, so he'd done an album called no love songs for laura in 2021 mm-hmm. so it was a kind of lockdown project for mm-hmm. him as well and it was kind of centered around his um relationship with his wife uh, laura wilde um, and they had they'd always wanted to write a musical um and i don't know how they decided that that was maybe the album to do it with but they had approached andrew panton at dundee um through ford kiernan randomly it's like yes. i know it's the weirdest sort of like sort of, yeah i know um yeah he'd approached ford and ford had says speak to dundee it's, uh-huh. and obviously kyle's from dundee yes, and things yes. as well so uh, so they'd approached them and andrew then got in touch with johnny mcknight and brought johnny in because laura uh, was going to write the book but she'd never written anything so he he was like good to kind of get you in a meeting with Johnny and then I think I don't know how the conversation happened because we me and Don have both worked with Andrew and Johnny and stuff before yeah. but I think they were like well John and Don have been working together and I think they lived together or <laughs> yeah. I think we just moved but it's like they'd be and because I play guitar and mm-hmm. stuff like that as well they were like get them in so we'd done like one day um in April or no March it was 20. 22 i think okay. um so, so when i was doing orphans actually with the nts yeah i had this one day and they, they were really lovely enough to sort of let me out to go up to dundee okay. and we just got in a room and basically what had happened at the start was laura had written all the um the sort of female driven monologues mm-hmm. and johnny had written male driven monologues and then what we'd done in the room is we read all the monologues and then just started kind of yeah and and kind of looking at certain songs and things like that and it was just a, I don't know, like, it sounds cheesy, but like from day one, there was just a, a real sort of alchemy in the room because most of us had worked together before. So there was not, there was none of that kind of like awkward, oh, hello, I'm, you know, I'm John, I'm that's, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, right, cool, let's, let's, get, let's get this done then. Uh, and Laura and Kyle were just so, uh, so open and honest and, and so willing. I love willing. the documentary. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, a couple of times. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. Exactly. I was yeah. gutted that, but by the time I learned, that the show was a thing and and I'd watched it. It, it was pretty much done. I was like, yeah, I, this. I know it was really nice because we got quite a few people in from the documentary as well, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, but and I guess anybody watching that haven't either seen the show or then go to see the show. Totally, yeah. Another insight and yeah, you know the background of how you make a show and yeah, how you make a show and like, that's it. Yeah. But to, like, I guess for them, like, such a big deal to trust other people with their material the and their yeah. and their their personal stories. Yeah. And, uh, it's so brave. It's so brave. But we can. I think, as I said, that right from the get go, I think they felt 
safe mm-hmm. with with us and with all of us in the room because uh, I think because we all had worked together before and it, it was a real sort of like lovely sort of like space and everyone was just chatting away and uh, so they yeah they commissioned it and basically we done we done a couple of weeks development earlier on at the start of this year and oh no sorry we done a couple of weeks last year uh-huh. um, and we done a little forty minute. A snippet of it for a thing called Rep Strip that Dundee right. Rep do up there. It's okay. like new pieces of work and yeah. whatever you know. It can be literally someone reading it, or it can be fully fledged snippets of stuff. And okay. so we done forty minutes of that over the course of a couple of nights, and the response from it was like insane. And and for us on stage as well, it was like I think this is really there's something in this. It's really important. So they commissioned the full thing, and yeah, we done in our couple of weeks start of this year, and then we done. Uh, five weeks rehearsal in Dundee then we'd done six previews in Dundee okay. then we like a month off or no two months off which was weird so me and wow. Don were going to like the park around. luckily we live around the corner from each other so we were like going around the park when the sun was out and just running the lines like people around about us were kind of like staring at us kind of keeping it ticking over and then we'd done the Traverse <laughs> in the summer time off yeah. I mean I always marvelled uh, like you know actors just how you retain all the stuff in the first place but to have that time off in between yeah, I think, see, it's the first thing I've done, because I've done loads, and Don's the same, we've done loads of workshops and developments, uh-huh. things in, that you maybe never see through, you know? This is the first one that we were there from the initial day, day one, so all the way through, thing. yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, weirdly sort of, like, stuck in there. It was just strange, because we, you'd be saying something, you're like, oh, no, hang on, that was, like, February's version, you know? And you're like, oh, God. But, uh, but yeah, then we done the run at the Traverse uh, in the summer and then in our two weeks at Dundee straight after that. And the response has just been like, it's it's honestly been one of the one of those sort of most rewarding, best things I've ever done as an actor. And nice. just like, we got great reviews and all that stuff, which is which is always lovely in terms of like selling a show and, and getting bums on seats and mm. things. But it was more like the, the response of people um, that have maybe went through similar stuff or know people that have went through similar stuff. Uh, it was just really kind of overwhelming and like you get messages randomly on Instagram and things like that after the show and people have just been really honest and, and the, the lovely thing... tackled quite a few different kind of difficult... It did, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, could could see parts of their experience mm-hmm. in there as well and it's worth noting as well, it was autobiographical up to a point for Lauren Kyle, so it's based on them, but then we did kind of like expand that, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's also to keep, you know, to to be sort of like um, respectful of their story and stuff like that, because you don't want everything on on stage. And, I guess you know, if you're in something for them, you, you're giving and giving, and it feels like a safe space, but the prospect of it then going out in the world. And yeah, exactly. Life, yeah. Like, something has to be yeah. sacred, I would, you know, you know, right, I would yeah. imagine. So, it's yeah. based on their story, and then it kind of became its own thing as well, which yeah. which I think is really important. Um, but yeah, the response from it, and like people just saying that they've been able to like chat to their partners about certain things that they've maybe not, or like just noticing, oh yeah. I went through and I didn't realise that's what it was, you know. Like even speaking to my mum, I mean, she had me in the, the 80s and, like, she would, I remember when we'd done the first 40-minute thing and they came to see it and it was a really informal thing, so we just kind of walked into the audience to chat to them after it. My mum was, it was, it was quite, it was an emotional thing for a lot of people, but she was she was quite upset and I was like, you're right? Like, and she said, well, she was like, I went through a similar thing in the 80s with you, but no one knew what it was then, do you know what I mean? So that was really um, sort of interesting for me because I was like, yes, it's a it's a story about two 
well, youngish people, um, but it's supposed to be, you know, set now or sort uh, of just yeah. in a few years ago, whatever, but it's kind of like spanning across, you know, people's experience for years and years and years. So it was a really like rewarding piece, but also like the, from an acting point of view, it was a total gift because yeah. it was be- the writing was beautiful. So it was just a two-hand. Just the two of his eye with that, right. with Gavin Whitworth, MD, who'd done all the, he took the album and, and rearranged it for our voices and stuff like that. And he's just a, musical genius as well and I actually went to drama school with Gav so okay. again it was so lovely to kind of like go full circle with yeah. that as well so uh, there was just it's just one of those jobs that like it doesn't come around often where you're you're kind of working on stage with like one of your best pals and it's just easy you know and looking out for each other and uh, it just went it was amazing so and is there any hope for it being yeah elsewhere yeah I think so the, they've had a few um, they've had quite a lot of interest in it um it's quite a universal story, even mm-hmm. though it's, it's it is you know the Scottish humour is in it and stuff, and it's very Scottish. But you know it's it could it could be anywhere really, you know, and, and the, the the themes are kind of universal and worldwide. So I went to see Moorcroft again. Yeah. The second time then I was just like, this is this is it. That's this it. Is, yeah. I mean, like can't get enough of that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, and just yeah, and, and getting people into theatres. Like I speak about it quite often that you know in dealing with subject matters that normally mm. talk about or people going to see stuff that they would normally go to yeah. see like just the power of like right good theatre and that's good it, acting yeah. and good stories and good songs and yeah. yeah it just cuts through all the nonsense that's it we see because it was based like Kyle was attached to it mm-hmm. we had so many people coming along thinking it was a gig and thinking that Kyle was in it god yeah so at first it was quite tricky in Dundee because we basically like Don would be like on the floor like breaking our heart like floods of tears and people would walk by with like four pints like across the stage I'm not yeah and we had loads of people who'd never been to theatre before right and as actors the first night you're a little bit like jarring yeah you're like oh what's going on what's going on and then after it you're speaking to them and they're in bits and they're like we didn't know what it was you know we didn't realize it was this and this and then they're chatting really openly about their experiences and stuff and there was one in particular um that really kind of like i think hit the nail on the head there was a there was a because we in dundee we, we had two seating banks on stage and then the auditorium so oh, we had yeah. people on stage so you could yeah, hear or see, see everything, everything you know yeah, um yeah. and this guy got up uh like 50 minutes in and and walked out to go to the toilet which is fine we had quite a lot of it so we got used to it but he came back and he sat in the like there was a few seats in the auditorium that if people who'd went off from the stage they could sit sit there yeah so anyway he was sitting on his own um Whatever. and it was it was actually it was a great show that night it was a friday night show and uh, we had all our family in and stuff as well and it was just it was it was an incredible show um and we all went for we were all going for a drink um because i think kyle was going to spain the next day or something and so it was the last time we were all together before we would revisit in edinburgh right. okay. so we all went for a drink um right a, a bar around the corner and, and this guy come up and he's only like must have been sort of like mid 20s or something mm-hmm. like that and he was like uh he just came right up to us and he was like really upset and and he was like I thought it was a gig I thought we were coming to see like a kind of almost like a story of the view the basically view. Aye. and I was like that's fine he's like um he's like and I, I I didn't realize you couldn't gotten down and he's like in the first 10 minutes he's like I'm desperate for the toilet <laughs> and he's like I just had to go and he's like I'm so so sorry like, don't listen don't worry about it, yeah, don't worry about it. And he went the thing is I was there with all my mates and he was saying that him and his partner had went through a really rough time with their first child earlier on that year 
with postnatal depression and stuff like that. And what the amazing thing he was saying is he was like, none of my mates that I was there with tonight he knew that that even happened. And he was like, I couldn't go back and sit with them because I was too upset. He was like, but I was watching the whole thing and he was like, and it, he said it was, it was a real sort of like cathartic sort of experience for him and like immediately phoned his partner and uh, got her tickets for the next night and stuff but the amazing thing what he was saying was he then in the pub after actually had a chat with his mates and they all openly chatted about it and it was like it just takes one yeah that's it probably there'd be somebody else in that group exactly yeah me too yeah until somebody just sees it that's it yeah and it was things like that and it's getting people that maybe aren't is familiar with the theatre, into a theatre, yeah. seeing something that they've maybe, because uh, we had loads of people that like were saying as well, they're like, oh, we realised it was like a play, mm-hmm. 10 minutes in, we're like, oh no, here we go, and then they're just they're just in it, you know, with yeah. you, and then they're going, you know, they're going to see other stuff at the rep. Oh, that's just what a gift for you, like you're saying, like, yeah. just to get that feedback. That totally, was, yeah. It was just changing the light stuff, that's no, just all oh, we had a nice time. So what was the impetus for going back to study acting like was that was you just like doing the arm drum stuff you were like actually yeah i'd the storytelling yeah i'd done i'd went to study music mm-hmm. uh and then i was actually gonna uh bra- i was branching off into doing entertainment law and things like that oh, wow. um which <laughs> i mean i wish i'd done it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you know but uh Especially yeah but um i'd started doing some amateur theater stuff and i was feeling that i was getting more out of that than my university course. Uh, so I actually applied when I was in second year at uni to the RSMD for the acting course. Mm-hmm. And I got like right all the way to the end. And I even, it's, I mean, it's crazy that like, talk about it now, but I got like a letter in uh, a day before the the course was officially about to start okay. saying, here's where you go for uh, your, what do you call it, your matriculation. Uh-huh. I was like, I've no idea. I've not done yes or no yet and stuff like that. So I phoned them and I've, I got through to like X, Y and Z and stuff like that. And I think I got through to like the head of acting at the time. And they were like, look, that's, that's an error. Oh, yeah. uh, we're still, there's like a two, basically there's two of us, the last place was between two of us. And they were like, look, we think you're, you're just a bit young at the moment. Because I was only 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was devastated at the time. But in hindsight... It's the best thing for me because I, I wasn't exactly I wasn't ready. I don't think at nineteen, so I completed my honours degree because mm-hmm. I was like, well, me as well, you know. And yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went abroad. I, I lived uh, in Australia for a year and travelled. I went around the world. Because um, cool. that remember that STA travel? Yes. They had a thing when I was in fourth year at uni where you could basically book a round the world trip for fifteen hundred quid. You know, and like <laughs> you just put in like dummy dates. Right. And then it. Because they had them all over the world, you could just move your date, your flight for 20 quid at a time. Wow. So so I was just like, I was doing my dissertation at the time and I was just tearing my hair out and I was like, and I just booked a, a trip, a whole trip myself. Gosh. Went home with my mum and I was like, I'm going for a year. And she's like, what? She's like, here you me. I was like, myself. Um, so yeah, I went I went, I went abroad and... It's brave. Yeah, I, I, it's mad to think about it now. Like, I can't have, and I stupidly flew to Tokyo my first week was in Tokyo. Although it was like, it was oh. incredible, but uh, it was just 
I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done this way. I should have done it the other way around, you know. I should have went to Tokyo at the end when I was like pure backpacking. I'm like, hey, I just got up to you on chatting and stuff, you know. But uh, oh. but I was I actually got offered sponsorship in Australia to stay, and I'd I'd accepted it. I was going to stay um for like the four years to get your citizenship and stuff. Uh, and then at the time, my my um my gran had pa- passed away when I was over there, and I like my dad at the time was like, look. What are you gonna? What are you coming back for? Do you know what I mean? You don't. What are you gonna do? Right. Come if you know, and you can't do anything. No. You know. So I'd kind of. I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the rest of my the trip that I'd planned, and I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna apply for a master's in uh, at the R. I only wanted to go to the RSMD at that time because I was 25, and I was like, and if it doesn't happen. Then it's I'll move like, back to Australia. Like I was like, and I'd said to the guy that I was, I was just. I was working in a bar it was and they had offered me sponsorship and I was really enjoying it and stuff and and I'd said to him I was like look if I go back is this still on the table if I come back and he's like just take your time sort of thing yeah. so yeah I went back and I, I auditioned for the uh, the master's program in musical theatre it was because I sang in bands and things mm. like that so I knew I, I could sort of sing uh, and I got offered a spot uh, on the day like there and then and that was that and that's kind of I'm here now. Yeah, that's doing it. This, yeah. Doing this acting malarkey. That's it. So yeah, that's. Singing and dancing. I know. I know. Well, I'm not the dancer as much anymore, but uh, so, yeah, it's, it's weird how these things kind of work out. But um, yeah, but you've I, done like so many amazing things. Like I'm yeah, all the stuff you've done, I'm like, geez, oh, like we will rock you and yeah. Uh, I, by the way, I loved orphans. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like, and I guess there's like a million other things that I don't even know about. Like you've done and then a bit of screen work as well. Like, yeah. Outlander and yeah. 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 So are you somebody who just goes with their gut in terms of when things are offered, you're like, that seems like a bit of me. I'm, I'm just going to go for it. Um, I think at the start of my career, I was, because I trained in musical theatre, yeah. so kind of, I was like, well, that's what I want to do. And I was really lucky at the time. I moved I moved straight out of London. Um, is it, it was like 12, 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there wasn't really a musical theatre scene and. Glasgow, yeah. not like it is just now. It's totally right. different now. Yeah. Um, so I kind of moved down, uh, and I was just really lucky. Like, uh, got We Will Rock You pretty much out of the gate, and that was incredible because it was my, my I grew up listening to Queen, and my dad, and all that. So, and getting to like perform on stage with like Brian May and stuff was just like oh. it was just amazing. But and I kind of it was just I was like I was really lucky because the part I played in that they they wanted at the time like someone like kind of blokey and like rough around the edges and I would kind of walk down my beard like <laughs> straight off the boat from Scotland like alright and they're like oh can you try this new own accent and I was like here we go yeah uh, yeah and then when I was in we were rock you the commitments was coming into the West End for the first time and I was like this is right up my street like playing stuff and I got that and actually I got released early from my contract we were rock you to do that which was amazing it was so lovely of them so I went straight into that and I ended up doing that for two years which is mad because no. luckily I got offered one of the lead roles in the second year because I, was, I wasn't I was going to do two years I was like I'm, okay, I'm yeah. done but I got kind of bumped up and I was like oh, let's do it what's um, it like doing a show for two years it's 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 hard uh, I ain't going to pretend it's not It's mm-hmm. it becomes a bit of a job sometimes as much as uh, you don't want to hear that <laughs> but it does but the thing that I realised very early on was you have to keep creative you have to keep creative at the same time, you know. So I was doing a lot of writing at the time and, um, you know, playing. I, that's when I started boxing and stuff like that as well. And I, I was just keeping keeping my brain sort of uh, ticking over, you know. 
but yeah, it was it was it was good, and it was a good opportunity and stuff. Um, and then after that, I uh, I went on tour with another musical theatre job, and it was at that point I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm. I wasn't feeling it as much anymore with musical theatre. Mm-hmm. I, I love musical theatre, but just personally, I, it was that thing of like worrying about your voice and doing all this. And so I kind of then made a, a conscious decision to try and do uh, sort of maybe venture into more sort of like straighter acting mm-hmm. work or screen work and stuff. Um, and it was around that time uh, I'd done a couple of plays in London, kind of back to back, which was amazing. And um, worked with like the most insane people like i've like worked with like stockard channon and all that on stage which was just like Amazing. i remember being on stage with her just like what am i doing <laughs> like you know it was just the two of us doing this duologue for like 20 minutes and i'm like wow what am i doing like well, this is just, like, no i know but it's just like as a, I'm a wee guy, I'm a wee guy for East Coast Brides sitting across from like an Oscar nominee and like breaking my heart to them you know i know i know but yeah. that stuff like that yeah heart and soul and your all your talent no that's it i know but you've been doing it a long time you yeah yeah all that experience do you know what i mean like yeah it doesn't go for count for nothing no i, I know i know it, it was just yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit of a punt i think because i think it's getting better now but at that time like musical theater actors were kind of like considered as you can only do musical theater which i just it's totally different in the states because in the states it's the opposite but uh-huh. musical theater actors make that jump so much they're almost right. like pushed into like telly and film and stuff yeah. like that but here for for years it was kind of like of your musical theater actor you, you know you're not really an actor oh you know and I, I was we were coming up against that a lot and my thing is always like see if you can walk on stage and like make a spontaneous burst into song okay. seem real and truthful then you can you can act mate do you know what I mean? like you can act but it was really frustrating because I had to. There was a time where I had to take like we were rocking and the commitments off my CV. Yeah, joke. You know, to get in rooms and stuff like that because they just they would see stuff no. like that and just be like, no, Gen- genuinely, genuinely. So I would take the musical theatre off and then all of a sudden I was getting in the rooms for like plays and and more telly stuff. That um, it's I think it's changed now. Like I think the respect is, is yeah. But um, but yeah, and that, it was around that time I I got Outlander done uh, a really great episode of that, which was brilliant, and I kind of caught the bug for that. Like that was my. It's a different world, I guess, just on screen stuff. Yeah. How that world works. I'd done like a couple of short films and stuff, right. like student yeah. shorts and things, but I'd never really done like a big scale thing. And when I got that, I was just like. Oh, it was really strange because I was really nervous about it and then see when I was actually on set doing the job it's the most uh, home I've ever felt as an actor I was like oh I feel more confident doing this than I feel doing musical theatre or anything like that so uh, ever since then I've just been kind of like you know that's my main focus and then as you said there's been the odd job like musical theatre job that comes up that you're like oh, do you know what I'm up for that. That sounds really cool, you know. And so, like, I done Sunshine Leith at West Yorkshire, which was the, the best cast I think I've ever worked with. Just everyone was just brilliant. And Local Hero again was like a something a bit different. And and Orphans was, you know, it was the first big Scottish theatre thing post COVID. And you're like, you got to be a part of that. And like working with such an incredible team. And we had just a right on that. And it, again, that wasn't a long sort of like commitment as well. Um, and then yeah, and then No Love Songs, and I've just I, last year I filmed uh, Crime the Irvin Welsh season two of that so yes. that just came out what, two two three weeks ago so That's yeah so I'd, I've got a lovely part in that so I kind of um, filmed and did you feel at home again when- totally yeah. I totally it's really weird like I'd also I'd done a thing out in Toronto just 
pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I had done a pilot for Amazon and I was so nervous about that because they'd taken a real punt of getting me out there to do it. And uh, and I know the director was a little bit like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Because um, I'd, I'd done all the development for it basically, and but they were Gosh. moving it all. It was originally set in the UK and they moved it all to Canada. So I was the only non-Canadian oh, in the cast, right. I think. So I knew he was a bit like, mm, I don't know. Uh, but the writers had kind of pushed for it, and I was really nervous. And honestly, I'd see as soon as the 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 cameras started rolling, I've just felt totally at ease again. It's it's the weirdest thing. So that's kind of where I'm at just now is is kind of pushing that stuff and like the rolling crime that I just done, and it's just out like it's quite a like it's a really substantial role. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. And working with people like Degree Scott and stuff like it's just you know and um. Joanna as well has just been it's magic, you know. So, uh, and how, how, what is your like process like? And does it differ if it's like a theatre job compared to you know someone's? Uh, how do you like approach a script and stuff like? Yeah. What do you do to get you in the zone or? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite o- I'm quite OCD, so I do it's even when I when it comes to additions and stuff like that, I have got a bit better and as I've got older, but when I get an addition in for something that I really like, there's nothing worse than getting an addition for something that you really want, you know? It's like, we moan, 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 and then you're like, oh my God, this would be amazing. But I, I kind of get a little bit tunnel vision with it. I kind of get, I, I really get stuck into it, uh, which can sometimes be a slightly detrimental because I've had jobs in the past that I've really wanted that I've kind of put so much pressure on myself, I think, to get, and then you don't get. Uh, so I have got better at that, but I think I approach them both quite similar. I think the TV... Because it's um, because of the nature of how how it sort of works, you know, you get on set and you get given sides, and there might be differences from the you know the the script that you, the last draft you've had and stuff like that. So you end up you can maybe be learning new stuff on the morning or whatever, but you you're safe in the knowledge that you're going to get quite a few takes at it and different shots and different coverage. You know, like they might be doing coverage on one person where you're not even on screen, so you can sort of try out yeah. a couple yeah. of things as long as you're not putting you know putting there off you're not giving them a curveball but um so but I do kind of approach it I've always been good at learning lines I've got a bit of a sort of photographic memory so once I highlight stuff I can see the page that's sort of thing so that's quite helpful but I always kind of yeah just kind of do we done a lot of like script work at drama school and stuff like that and a lot of directors I've worked with have been really sort of intense script workers and stuff so I always kind of just break down my script the same way regardless of what it's for um and then yeah and then just kind of drill it basically it's it's nothing <laughs> it's not, yeah, I'm, no, yeah, I'm not right reinventing the wheel or anything but uh for me the, the, the quicker I can get off book is, is better for me because I, right. I, I always feel when I'm on script I feel slightly um Slightly out of it. Um, yeah, and I guess it's a bit of a hindrance, like you know, can't, yeah, yeah. can't really get in yeah, thing. Especially I've done a lot of acting music stuff when you're playing the guitar and you've got a script and you've got a guitar and you it's and you got a mic, it's like it's it's like <laughs> do you know what, yeah, that's gonna be better for everyone if I just learn this, you know. Yeah. But no, I think yeah, just I, I think it's like it doesn't matter, you know, if it's the the first time that someone's written something or it's, you know, a really seasoned writer. I think like and, and coming from like a songwriting point of view, like the fact that people are able to write something and actually put it out there, mm-hmm. like demands so much respect. Yes, so, correct. so I always approach it. Doesn't matter what script what it is. is, it's you know it's someone's poured a lot into that. So mm-hmm. you got to give it the the respect it deserves. And I always kind of like 
even when I get addition sides, if I've got the time, I'll try and break it down and stuff like that. Mm. And when I do like coaching for actors, that's always my first thing is like, just like before you think about, you know, overarching character, big choices and stuff, just look at the words and, and sort of extrapolate what you can from that. Um, and I think like a lot of the time as well, especially with TV, if you're doing a, a quick turnovers and stuff, if you've done the script work, because, you know, you're wanting to really tight deadlines and yeah. things and like even on crime there was a couple of nights shoots where my scene was like the last of the day and you know if they go over they're pay they have to pay 30 40 people overtime and you know it's not budgeted so it's literally <laughs> like all right mate you've got uh, we've got three takes we've got to get this and stuff so yeah so if you've if you've done the work before you can kind of go right okay well i'm in control of what i'm in control of so you know so so yeah i mean first though in your job like First time you're meeting somebody, first time in the room, first, yeah. like there's a lot of newness all the time. Yeah. Is that, I know you were saying like you do get nervous about certain things, but like, is that something you've made peace with? Like, there's a lot of unknown mm. and this is just the way it is. No, I hate it. <laughs> I still hate it. I always say to people because I'm quite, like, I, I got on with, with you and quite chatty, but it's, I always remind people, see, see when I start a new job, I don't really talk to anyone for the first two weeks. I get so like I get so anxious and I get so nervous. I know it's this mad, but I've got a process where I just let all the loud folk just get all their stuff out, and then see when everyone's getting a bit tired, I'll swoop in and I'll be like, "All right, who's going? I'm going." I just I feel quite. Uh, I still I don't know why. I think I think it's to do with because I I started late. Uh, I didn't even like I'd done amateur theatre and stuff when I was I didn't step on a stage until I was 18 like Jeez. as an actor I'd done gigs and stuff like that but so I think there's something like that there's there's that sort of and I think most creatives do have that imposter syndrome but I think it's just that thing of um, it's different now I think because I've been doing it for so long so there is some sets or some rehearsal rooms where you know a few people you know what I mean and that's different because you're like yeah. you can kind of just grab onto them but uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah I still get the I'm terrified on day one every time it doesn't matter how many times you've done it looking at you and what you've achieved and what you're doing yeah then folk are just going to have a certain view of like oh John's fine of it nah no I, no I, I, I'm terrified honestly yeah. I think the only time I've not been is I've done a play called Apologia in London um, and that was the one that Stockard Charing was in it but it was mm-hmm. also we had um Prima Agumen in it as well who's like in Doctor Who and she's, she's, eight, she's done loads of stuff and um, Laura Carmichael as well from Downton Abbey and stuff so it was like these big names right and I was really nervous about going in but I was at Glastonbury the weekend right. and I was starting on the Monday so we got a bus back from Glastonbury at 2am back to London I got in my house I showered I had some breakfast and I went to day one Jeez. of rehearsals right <laughs> like, and that's the only time I've not been nervous because I was just still in the glass in my head and I'm like hey everyone I'm John how are you doing shaking everyone's hands and, that. and then the next day I'm like of yeah I know I'm like shaking people's hands again like yeah we met yesterday and I'm like ah, you did you did yeah you did you didn't meet me yesterday yeah you might have met me in sort of body, but I wasn't there. I'm still like that. So yeah, so that's my advice. If you're starting a new job, you're nervous about go to a music festival for four days before it, you know. But no, it's um, it's weird. I think it changes as you get older as well. Like I must admit, like see the job in the summer there. Like uh, I never get I, I get anxious before rehearsals start and the first couple of weeks of rehearsals. But once I'm in the job again, I think it's like as long as you're putting in the work, 
I don't really feel nervous when it comes to first nights and anything like that. I don't okay, get nervous. Okay. In the summer, at the Traverse, and not so much in Dundee, it wasn't too bad, but at the Traverse, I was a wreck the first weekend. A wreck. And I've never experienced that in my life. And I was like having total freakouts because it's like, I don't get nervous. And I'm like beside myself here. I think it was just because we'd been on we'd been on the, the the process for so long and there was just two of us you know that way and like yeah and it was a big yeah and it was a quite a there was a lot not precious such but there was a a lot of you know this this we, we want this to work you know and and yeah. such and such is coming and this person's coming and they're interested in it for a year yeah i know <laughs> and i think i just got so in my own head about it that i was like oh man like i need to i need to just relax and i remember going home because we, oh, we had the preview Thursday with press night Friday then we had Saturday Sunday I remember being like back in Glasgow on the Sunday night and I was like what, what happens if I just say right I'm, I'm not coming around on Monday I can't do this and I was like just run yeah I got so in my own head and I was like oh my god and then I woke up on the Monday and I was like oh I'm fine like just relax but it's the first time and I don't know what it is I don't know if it's getting older or like or something, but it's the first time I've experienced it, and it was the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing. And I think I, I, I'm very aware of why, like, see, when I first graduated and stuff, like, the chance to work professionally was like, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that. Whereas, you know, you get you 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 get older, you have responsibilities, and and it's a career now rather than like, you know, just out of drama school, want to do everything, you know. So curating a body of work to an extent as well like, like we were saying going after yeah. things that interest you things that's that, it like, yeah you can see myself doing yeah. that things that, that you think are right for you yeah and, and thinking about timelines and where you're going to be that's and, it yeah you know and like obviously your partners in the industry as well so it's yeah. like trying to, it's all the navigation of who's where yeah that's it that's the thing and, and i think it's dog as well I mean, we you do yeah uh, yeah i know i know i know I, I used to take him into work when I was working in London on a Sunday. I, it was so funny. He's very handsome. Uh, he's he's the best. He's, he's like 10 and a half now, though. He's, uh, What's his name? Hamish. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah, I got him when he was eight weeks. I got him when I was in Wee Rock here, actually. So he's been through the he's been through it all with me. Is but uh, yeah, he's a legend. I, I know he goes into theatres and he just goes, OK, I'm fine. You know? I love that. Yeah, the only time... It's a good day for there's a dog. That's it. It's just... A, I always well, think that... See, well, I had a Rottweiler for 11 years. Right, OK. I've got Ted now. And he is yeah. really just a dog in a cat. Ah, so well. It's a saving. Well, I think any sort of pet should be brought into a rehearsal room because yes. it just makes it so much better. See, the schools I've been in, I've got therapists. Ah, I love it. I know, it's I brilliant. It. They're so good. Although, I must admit, when you bring when you bring Hamish into a rehearsal, because he's the friendliest dog, he just goes up to everyone, you bring him in a rehearsal room, you, you have to, there's a half an hour you're going to lose <laughs> that day, you know what I mean? Because you just be all right, and what's your name? And what's your name? Yeah. But I brought him into orphans one day, uh, and I sat him next to Shona, the the MD, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Do you mind, like, if he just sits there? I brought his bed in that; he'll be totally fine." It was like a last minute dog care thing fell through, okay. uh, and he is, and he's just you know plopped down and stuff like that. But then there's a fight scene in it, and I had to fight uh, Dylan in it, and we were going through the fight scene. And I, he got up and he was like trying to get onto the stage and I was like it's alright it's alright it's I had to go over and like calm down and I was like totally acting there that's interesting though I was like because see to be honest as a guard dog he's absolutely shocking because he'll like he'll bark but then bring you a toy no matter who it is and I was like see if a burglar come in all they need to do is have like some bit of food and they, that's it used to say about Arnie he used to say literally but like showing you with the telly about it totally yeah. there's money under the bed exactly I know <laughs> it was too friendly but it was nice to know I was like alright okay that's interesting if push comes to shove you might be there you know you might 
might be, we'll see. But no, it's correct. Um, do, you, do you find it, I would imagine, being with somebody who is in the industry as well, it's like easier to just get it? Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this with someone else the other day and like, yeah, I think the the whole like, what you're expected as an actor, especially in like musical theatre and stuff like that, like rehearsal times, Saturday rehearsals, you know, extra calls, all this kind of stuff. It's good that you we understand that, you know. Um, but it does, you know, it does get difficult because we're always away, you know. Um, but it's just, you know, you just go with it, and you know, and but it's, like, it's the, the chance to be doing something that you love. Yeah, and and she's she's amazing at what she does. Do you know what I mean? She's incredible. So it's always that thing we've never, because I, I know you know, seen like couples in the past that are sort of in the industry and stuff and it can be quite hard if one isn't working and the other one's working but my oh, my thing's always well near we're never going to be up for the same role you know, do you know what i mean so totally. we're all right so it's it's a very sort of you know it's yeah. good support for yeah, each other yeah. like donaldson said that about her and Ryan. yeah yeah like, it's just one for the team exactly you know, exactly does, yeah one used as well and one used yeah. to work another one is celebrating yeah, that and that's it yeah, and if one that's it, if one wants to take, you know, because I've I've taken a bit of a risk the last couple of years by kind of going, I really want to focus on this particular type of work. So that means that you are putting yourself at work. Yeah, do you know what I mean to wait for it's the work that you want like to do. So yeah, you know, and it's got to be, you know, but they understand that and 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 stuff, and it's it works different ways. You know, when one person's working, maybe the other person isn't working as an actor as such. You know, and mm-hmm. you get the graph, so it's it's handy. But I think the good thing is we don't really talk about work that much really? at all. Nah, because cool. it it's we'll help each other out and stuff but it's like we don't really talk about it mm. like um i don't think Cause it's there's more to life than work i think we all need to do a bit of that and remind ourselves of that a lot of the time you know but yeah. i've seen it happen with people where it it defines them you know especially during yes. covid like i think that for me was a bit of a wake up like well, who am i if i'm not exactly this thing? yeah do you know what i mean so yeah. then i just got obsessed about doing a podcast that doesn't pay anyone. <laughs> it's good, don't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's putting your, you know, putting your creativity into something totally else is like, I think it's so I mean, important. I enjoy this as being, this is the best yeah. thing ever to make this thing. Do you know what I mean? And I That's think it. it's um, like supporting and promoting other people doing their thing that they love. Like, exactly. Because I've been so lucky, like people have been so kind to me in my career. Do you know what I mean? I kind of took a bit of an unconventional route into mm. what I do and, um, yeah, if you do a good job, people will support that and promote that and ask you back and, yeah, that's exactly it's food in the table and kept me doing what yeah. I love to do and yeah. Well, I think we forget that a lot because act, like actors and performers and stuff, we're we're always at the bottom end of the pecking order and stuff. So you got to look out for each other. You know oh, what I mean? It's like, totally. um, yeah, and I'm a big advocate for that because. Well, you're here. The, the fact that you're you agree to come and do this, you don't know me. Do you know what I mean like the fact I, that you're saying, uh, yeah. you can do this? Like yeah. that's that's kindness in itself. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. Ah, you're doing a thing. I'll come and. I think it's so important for, like, especially post-COVID, I think it's so, so important to create some sort of community, especially up in Scotland, you know what I mean, of performers and creatives and stuff, because it's what I'm kind of trying to do with my little business and stuff like that. It's trying to, like, yeah, it's trying to kind of bring people together and, like... The bespoke folk. Yeah, 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 look out for each other. Was this always the plan? Did you... Uh, together, or is this like- no, I've done a bit of music production at, at university, mm-hmm. and when I recorded my EP, I, I sort of sat in with a producer in that uh, to learn a lot about mixing, and also I'm I'm a control freak, so I, was, I had to be there, <laughs> uh, and I really enjoy it, and I, I, I do a lot of like film editing and stuff. Mm. Like that. So um, it was initially it was just I was just helping a couple of mates when I was living in London put together voice reels and stuff like that, um, and then 
I started doing a lot of voice acting myself, um, which I was like, oh, why have I not done this sooner? Because I, I love it. It's great. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I started doing it a wee bit more. But again, it was mostly just people I knew and like not really taking much money or whatever, you know. Uh, and then it actually all kicked off during COVID randomly. Like I, and it, again, it, it was, and I don't want to sound pure or holier than thou, but it all came from a place of trying to help mm-hmm. folk. Yeah. Because voiceover was the one thing during COVID that didn't stop as such because people could do it from home. You could, you yeah. could, um, you know, if you've got a good um, engineer, you can do it on your phone, everything like that. And th- it's the one part of the industry that didn't suffer in quality, you know. So during that time, you couldn't go on a film set. So adverts were filmed on phones, uh, you know, all that right. kind of stuff. Whereas voiceover, you could do, I mean, I was doing, when I was living at Dawn's, I was doing it connecting to studios exactly. in my cupboard do you know what I mean and doing adverts and stuff but you would yeah. never know you know no, what I mean so totally. so I, I was kind of like I was thinking well this is the only thing that performers have got at the moment and people would bought mics and stuff so I'd done a load of workshops on how to create a home studio f- for awesome. cheap yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because again I think we mentioned before we right. started that you can get carried away with totally. it and it's, it's a minefield yeah that's it like all these recommendations of mics exactly yeah. the Brave cave I mean, that's the mic that I started with in yeah. 2019 it serves its purpose but I would like to kind of upgrade to an yeah, yeah. I mean but I have not a scooby that's like it, anyway, yeah. I'm a creature of habit like this is what I this is my setup. This is what you know, know, yeah. So the thought of actually branching it and it, yeah, it's money, you don't have money to throw away. Yeah, Do you know that's I mean you it, could yeah. just be buying stuff that you don't need or it isn't yeah. or yeah, so that's like genius, that's gold for MD who obviously had the skill to be a voice actor yeah do, do that bit do it from home yeah but that's I, the thing it's yeah. all the technical aspects yeah like not I started about. just doing like some workshops like free workshops mm-hmm. for actors and then we were just doing that you know that buy me a coffee thing so if people like yes. found it interesting and stuff it was like this totally. alright and then I started doing a thing it was like do a voice like a four clip voice reel for people mm-hmm. remotely, uh, and I was only charging like fifty quid for that. Basically, it was more just to help people get yeah. examples of the work. But I ended up getting so busy that it kind of became like a lifeline for me. I was because yeah, yeah. like all my work, obviously, like everyone's just went yeah. gone overnight. Yeah, but all to just kind of. Aye. I did like I did loads of startup podcast workshops. Yeah. Kind of thing yeah. for I did one for the Tron Ambassadors Aye. and stuff like just to like how did you start this? How do you go about it? How do you plan it? That's it. Yeah. Know, it's like you know it's just survival. It's yeah. Just like like you say like keeping connected and keeping creative. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. Wanting a need to keep doing something. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where it all kicked off, and then coming out of that, I was what was lovely about it. I think because I'd kind of done. Like given a lot of time for free or like done really cheap sort of sessions and stuff. Then once the world started opening up again, people were coming to record properly with me and stuff like that. And then I just I really enjoyed it. And then I just thought, you know what, let's just expand it a bit. So it's been going for almost yeah almost three years now, and it's like got loads of like basically it's all started just voice real uh-huh. uh, clients and stuff like that and Brilliant. voiceover coaching and things like that. And then. With this new space that I've hopefully moving into in the next couple of weeks, because uh, my whole idea was to set up a self tape studio in Glasgow because it doesn't exist um, for actors. Because you know we've all yeah, been in the world now, and it that's it. Yeah, like, that's it. Uh-huh, and, in the room as much. and so many people are like get so stressed about 
how it looks and balancing phones on books and reading with their, their parents or their partner or something, you know what I mean? And it's just like, so my whole thing was like to create a space that, you know, actors can come to it and that, so they don't need to worry about that side of it. All they're worrying about is the performance and they'll always be reading with a professional actor. Because um, not just me, there's a, there's a few of us around where we live. So I've kind of like putting together a wee pool of us so that if I'm not available, there's always someone available. So I'm able to, with this new space that, um, should be opening up um, I'm able to do all the voice real stuff from there and the self-teach studio but we're offering uh, some acting tuition and, and things like that with not again not just for me mm-hmm. just other people because it's kind of bringing everyone's skills together you know um, and there's a hall underneath it that can be used so going to be doing like master classes like acting for camera master classes um, choreography stuff um, like musical theatre workshops all these kind of things just to again just to, it's more this community idea you know bringing people together so people can network and meet but it's also in part with a, a charity in Glasgow who I volunteered with during Covid as well um, and like there's loads of kids that um, go to this charity it's called Blue Veal Community uh, Charity and loads of kids are part of it and stuff and they just don't have access to this kind of stuff so we're going to be so for every like industry workshop I do for mm-hmm. professional actors, whatever, there's going to be like places for people in the community as well. We're going to do like open days for people to try out stuff or if people want to learn about, you know, mics, edit and all that. Yeah. Um, so it's going to kind of going to be working together with that, um, which is really, I'm really excited about. Um, Love, it. Love it. But yeah, we've got some, got some nice people sort of like up for it. And the whole point of it, I should have said, is or try, try and make it all affordable. So it's not like... Um, it's not just you don't feel like you're just throwing money at something yet in elitist yeah they're obviously what you know we have to charge for stuff but it's it's hoping that you know you're paying for something that you're really coming out and going i actually really learned something or i got a lot from that and and then the, the the whole sort of like final sort of like idea for it is to almost create like a hub that's that is like for creators and performers in glasgow that people can just go and rent out spaces and and meet and chat and um yeah because i do a lot of teaching in drama schools and stuff and like you get to teaching like the third years and Mm -hmm. they've maybe not they've done the showcase and not got an agent they're like what do you what do you suggest there's nothing there's nothing there's there's the odd like um like I know that drive, uh, drive lounge oh, thing. Oh yeah, no, you know, that's yeah. that's great because it's, it's getting it's getting musical theatre actors an opportunity to do their work and be seen. But there's nothing else unless you're in something. But how do you get in something with an agent? Do you know what I mean? And it's so. You know, if you're not in that world or you're just totally, getting in that, yeah. world, you don't know anybody that's done it before. Like, because it can sometimes feel like cliquey or yeah. you know, just a bit elitist yeah. or whatever. So I, I love totally, it. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so important. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be. I'm kind of like piloting a couple of workshops in November just purely because we're trying to see how it works in the, the space and all that stuff. And we're going to do a Q&A once a month with an industry professional. We've got some, I can't say yet, but we've got some awesome people lined up for that, um, which is all going to be free as well. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, and we're going to, uh, we're going to, in the new year going to do some like industry showcases so we've got a few agents involved that are going to sit on a panel and just allow people that maybe haven't got an agent or are looking to kind of you know just be seen by people just get them able to get them in front and it's not you know it's no guarantee you're going to get an agent you're going to get this job but it's just kind of allowing people to kind of be seen and, and get their face seen and stuff like that so it's going to be loads of stuff like that so it's, it's a lot of work at the moment but uh, but it's exciting that yeah 100 percent that like we have to help each other exactly that's the thing there's so many 
talented people out there probably that are not getting the shot, not getting 100%. And that's the thing, like, there's room for everybody, yeah. you know, so it doesn't need to be this, like, competition thing. Like, exactly, you know, yeah. But, you know, like you were saying, you're never going to be competing with your partner for a mm, part, like, yeah. you know, and people are writing and making stuff. And that's I mean, yeah. I mean I, I've got the, the lucky job of working in professional theatre, but also in communities and schools, and you just see people making stuff all the time. You're like, why are you yeah. not doing this? Like, yeah. why are you not doing it? It's maybe not everybody's aspiration to do it professionally, but then you just think there's probably a lot of folk that have missed a trick or yeah. just didn't think it was for them. Or, well, it also yeah. feeds into every aspect of life, like, because yeah. I know that, like, got we're doing like a wee open day for the for the charity in November and we're doing like um because Christina my partner she was in the original cast of Six the musical oh wow so she's doing a wee half an hour like six workshop oh, with some kids doing, like, and like but, storm yeah but even <laughs> like even like the kids that are coming to that it's not you know you're not going come along to this so you can be an actor but it's all about just kind of like confidence you know working as a team like like raising your voice and Uh and be heard and it's things like that that just infiltrate um your everyday life going forward you know and i think there's i think we i don't know i I think it 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 goes from the top down though do you know what i mean like the way that the government in this country and and things like that sort of talk about the arts it Mm -hmm. does see and it is better slightly in scotland than england Mm -hmm. sometimes but i think it's that idea of like it's not you know it's a it's a sort of a fun thing to do, which obviously is exactly, yeah, and it's just life like, skills here. yeah, it's frivolous and it's, skills. yeah, exactly. And I think that has to change massively in this country, the way that the sort of, the, the sort of powers that be actually view the arts and how it can infiltrate. Yeah. I mean, look at <laughs> when the world shut down, what did everyone do? They exactly. stuck on the telly, read the book, listened exactly. to music, learned the guitar, do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, the whole point of this, um, this is the start of it but it is to try and as i say create a, a little bit of a community and also like i'm talking about you know bringing people in from the community that never tried it but but on the other flip side of that there's nothing for professional mm-hmm. actors in glasgow to yeah. hone their craft there's nothing like unless you're paying one like a lot for like one-to-one stuff which is absolutely fine but you know meeting anything so you know position. even things like yeah. we're going to be running like just play reading nights if someone's oh, yeah, yeah. If someone's written something we'll you know bring yes. it in you can read it so you get a flex and act to muscle you get to hear it do you know what i mean stuff like that because it just doesn't exist so 100%. so yeah but it, you know it's a, it's a lot there's a lot of moving parts but mm-hmm. um that's the kind of idea the, the intention like the reason why you're doing it is correct so yeah you know, yeah it, yeah people will get behind that yeah because it's right and it's yeah needed hopefully to yeah hopefully and so, um, so it's just yeah so, so it's amazing yeah thanks well yeah hopefully going to be launching our first workshop like industry workshop in november sort of be probably towards the end of november mm-hmm. just um once everything's sort of set up and built and things so uh so yeah look out for that yes it's, it's well obviously i'll share all the links yeah and, like, see stuff coming up and anything i can do to support it promote oh it, thanks like, i appreciate that yeah not that you'll need much support i would imagine everybody will well be, hopefully we'll see it. we'll see but yeah I think so that's your kind of main focus the now then is at it? the moment yeah, yeah i mean i'm still obviously like auditioning as a, like my acting is, is always first and foremost from for me personally um but you know this it's like my side hustle also becomes the main hustle a lot of the time you know and but the good thing about the bespoke folk has given me is it's it's allowed me to be uh, a little bit um braver with what jobs i potentially take or go up for and things like that because i know that 
I can kind of you know earn a living doing that stuff you know um which is which is great and it's and I really enjoy doing it so it does mean that I can yeah as I say I can kind of approach stuff that maybe a few years ago I'd I'd maybe take I'd go for that job just because or like you know what I mean um Right, so it's a bit more of a curation going on. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, well, you've earned it. Yeah, we'll see, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> and this time next year I'll be like, oh, no, I'm doing everything. There's six jobs. Yeah, I know, but, no, nah, it's good. And, the, the, you know, the one of the end goals as well is, like, because obviously because I am still acting, you know, there's going to be times that I'm away, but it's to hopefully get, like, a wee pool of people that can yeah, keep, so it's still keep things running, running and, you know, and people, it also means that other actors are getting paid to maybe you know, to utilise their skills that yes. they can teach people or, you know, I'm going to train a couple of people up to film and right. self-tapes and things like that. So, yeah, it's, hopefully it'll kind of be good for Everybody. the community, you know what right. I mean? Um, as well as obviously being, you know, my sort of like little it's hustle true. that kind of keeps me going as well, you know, so, so yeah, that's it. And Amy, she'll have a home for visiting all the actors and I know well, I know when I had my old studio he was in all the time I had to stop because you were doing uh, doing voice shows and he starts snoring and I'm like what is that noise and then I look down and she's like <laughs> it's uh, it's ridiculous so but I've, I've, I've actually like it's pretty geeky but I've worked out exactly where his snoring frequency lies so I can take it out on afterwards so he'll be he's well warmed but yeah and um, I wonder is there is there a bucket list is there a wish list of jobs types of realms that you want to be in or are you just are you just constantly going i'm just going to see what the universe presents yeah um, you're like it'd be good if i got to do that yeah i think like i mean there's always those jobs isn't there that it comes up you're like oh that would be that would be good but i think like i i I do want to do you know i really want to do a lot more telly Mm -hmm. work and film work just purely because I, i just love doing it and i feel as I said before, I feel most at home doing that. I feel more confident doing that than anything else. So, you know, exciting stuff like that. The, the part I just played in crime is totally against my casting. It's, to- it's something I never thought I'd play. So I, I kind of, I was worried about it at one, you know, at one end because I'm like, oh, this is totally not me. But at the same time, like, it was great fun to do something different. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to you know with no love songs I, I think it's hopefully going to go again next year it'd be good to kind of take it out you know potentially out of uh, the UK and stuff like that and, and go abroad with it Um, I would love to do something in Australia in Melbourne purely because just for a wee full circle in because I kind of left there to be an actor it'd be lovely to go back to Melbourne yeah to be uh, as an actor do you know what I mean and I've had to I've almost had the chance a couple of times and it's not transpired so that'd be nice but no I'm, I'm happy I think I've got a very clear idea of uh, career wise what I want to do as an actor mm. uh, not like specific stuff you know yeah. but um, so I'm just kind of at the moment just and I've got a great agent who really supports that. And I think that's, Brilliant. you know, that's half the battle because, yeah. you know, you're like, I'm not really wanting to do that. And they're like, cool, that's fine. Supporting and understanding why you're maybe doing what you're mm-hmm. doing, you know. Because as I said, like, you're putting yourself out of acting work in order to be available for the work that you want, yeah. you know. Of course. Um, Aye, it's just that trust in yeah. the universe and trusting your decisions. That's and, it, yeah. Because you can't do it all. Well, you could, but then it doesn't leave much of yeah. anything else, Jimmy. That's so you it, have to yeah. Sometimes make the space. Yeah. And just hope that it all works. That's it, because the start a lot of the time at the start of my career, there was things that would come up that I'm like, oh my god, that's like a dream role. I, I'm, I'm stuck in this, yeah. which is a lovely 
problem we have. I'm not it's saying it's not, but, totally. but uh, as you older, as I say, I'm trying to be more, a little bit more sort of choosy mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But I'd love to do, I, I really enjoyed doing the uh, directing and, and shooting during lockdown when we'd done our project with Dundee. I would, I'd love to maybe look at doing a wee bit more behind the camera as well in the next, but I'm going to a few years I think yeah <laughs> uh, time for you. I know I know but I think that you know that might be the sort of in the future yeah. doing a wee bit more of that um, and stuff because uh, I, I, I really love that Um I love doing like editing and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's great if you've got that that skill set as well yeah oh uh, yeah it's been a godsend yeah during it all because like I was saying it's not everybody's yeah wheelhouse do you know what I mean so yeah it's great if you've got that as well no it's it's, it's been yeah it's been great that kind of stuff but but also, it's, it's 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 so much more accessible than people think. Like it's it's a minefield when you first like turn on these you know these uh, programs and stuff like yeah. that. But actually, like for what most people need to use them for is is very minimal, you know. And so I, well, yeah. that's like with me that with audacity. I'm like, yeah, I can get my way around. I can edit a podcast that'll do me. Yeah, that's the thing. You know what I mean? But we need the starship. Yeah, uh, that's that. Yeah. Uh-huh. but no it's, it's good um, it's been great to be able to do all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, but I do really enjoy it so so yeah maybe do a wee bit more sort of behind the camera in the next few years uh, I've got a couple of wee writing projects as well that are mm-hmm. kind of bubbling out along at the moment really? so see yeah, playing see that guitar yours as well <laughs> <laughs> paying for that new guitar I mean I gotta start playing it I. so yeah just doing some like I think is like I've, I've purposely kind of not taking anything over Christmas this year just kind of yeah just what fancy the wee Quite time off and stuff like that so yeah I'm just I'm more than content to just do my you know do the voice reels do some voiceover work and, and play some gigs I like really enjoy it so yeah it's quite nice so yeah it's so good so. I'm interested um, I do this thing called the hingamajigs at the end of the podcast um, it's just random questions that I ask each guest cool uh, and out the top of my head what would you say to your younger self and you can pick whatever age you are now where you are in your career and what you've achieved thus far if you were to speak to younger john what would you say now you can't do it all <laughs> <laughs> i think i realized very quickly especially in musical theater i realized very quickly oh there's a lot more people that are better at that thing than you do you know what i mean and and that for me has changed the game do you know what i mean because it, it allowed me to go well, where do i fit in this all right, I'm going to be the best at that. Do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and then that opened so many doors. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I come out of drama school thinking I was like, could they ever end? Because that's the kind of, you know, that's the environment, especially back then, that a lot of drama schools teach you, you know, because you're you're in that safe space and the same people and mm-hmm. you progress to things that you never thought you'd be able to do, but then you come out and you go, well, that person's better at that than me, you know. But uh, there were things that I was, I knew that I was, not in an egotistical way, but I was like, well, I'm, that's where I fit, so of I'm course. going to be the best at that. So, so yeah. To your strength. You can't do it all. And I do ask everybody this question, because it's called the Brown and the Brave. What is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, I love it. My grandpa used to always say, I'm jiggered. jiggered. I'm absolutely jiggered. Oh, I've not had that in a while. Nah. And I remember saying it one day, because my partner's from Wales, and she was like, hey. what did you say? <laughs> like, like, I'm knackered. I'm shattered. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, is that a Scottish thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Jiggered. Jiggled, uh, no, absolutely that. jiggled. Yeah. Well, I'm no jiggered to talk to you this <laughs> This has been a joy. Nah, thank you. It's, uh, you know, we need more of this kind of stuff, you know, because you know yourself, it's so difficult to kind of 
uh, punt stuff out there and, and sell things and sell yeah. yourself out there. So, you know, giving people a platform to do it and and it's all it's all comes down to what I was talking about. But you know, we've yeah. got to look out for each other and and 100%. start to, you know, a, a community that can yes. help each other out is like lead with that kindness in it it's not difficult no nah, nah, it's not I think in the world that we live in it's quite easy to go into your own bubble and, and yeah, it's important to like, obviously look after yourself and look after your mm. own uh-huh. but there's still room to like help to reach out to somebody yeah. to support them and, exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah no, I think it's awesome and I very much appreciate you joining the clan it's good to be part of it thanks, thanks. you're now a bra bag a problem. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That. That's nice. And on that note, I will stop recording. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.